Good morning, it's December 15th, and this is To My Liberal Friends. Last week, Kirsten Sinema, a senator from Arizona, switched her registration from being a Democrat to an independent. Now, listening to those on the left, you would have thought she murdered someone or committed treason. Now, I'm old enough and worked around the Senate long enough to have witnessed changes like this before. Jim Jeffords, a senator from Vermont, was in the Senate when it was very close. Strom Thurmond was looking more and more like his time on earth would end. Jefford played the political card he had and switched from being a Republican to a Democrat. The Senate was also tied 50-50 with the Republican vice president to break ties. Thus, Republicans had a majority. He did this in May of 2001, flipping control of the Senate. Jefford was banking on the Democrats keeping, keeping control and he being able to chair a committee. Jefford was suddenly the stuff of heroic profiles, be it on CBS 60 Minutes or on Rolling Stone magazine. Actor Paul Newman invited him to dinner. Publishing giant Scheinman and Schuster signed him to a six-figure contract for two autobiographical books. The first, a 136-page recap of the switch titled, quote, My Declaration of Independence, end quote. And it was set to hit the stores that September. Jeffords claimed he was being independent and he was doing to make a difference. He was also going to stall the Republican agenda. But that didn't happen. Jeffords' defection temporarily stalled the conservatives' plans, but... Congress only seemed for naught when the GOP won control of both the House and Senate in 2002. Then there was the case of Arden Specter from Pennsylvania, who also switched from being a Republican to a Democrat. He flipped in 2009 and again was heralded as a hero by the left. Harry Reid called him, quote, a man of honor and integrity, end quote, and welcomed him to the Democratic caucus. Specter lost a primary in the next election to Joe Sestak, and Pat Toomey brought the seat back to the Republican side in the general election. I mention all of this because of the hate brought on cinema by those on the left. But she remains a part of the Democratic caucus. She has not changed control of anything. But because she would not pay homage to what they, the left wanted in changing the filibuster rule, she has been the target of those hate, hated comments on the left. She has been chased into bathrooms and continually confronted. The rhetoric on the left over cinema's refusal to change the rules in the Senate was putting it mildly harsh. Even from her colleagues in the Senate, Senator Raphael Warnock from Georgia, who, by the way, serves as a pastor in the former church of the Reverend Martin Luther King in Atlanta, likened the era's defense of the filibuster to efforts to block laws to end the Jim Crow era of the South. Of course, this is the same senator that said Georgia's voting laws were akin to Jim Crow 2.0, only to see record turnout in both the general runoff elections. You can put his comments down in both cases to political mouthing without any facts to back him up. Bernie Sanders, the Democratic Socialist, said he would support any Democrat that would challenge Sinema in a primary, arguing that she was instrumental in sabotaging some of the most important legislation ever brought before the Congress. Read that she would not vote to break the bank and turn the United States into the socialist state Sanders seeks to achieve. I could keep going with a long list of Democrats and liberals that have excoriated Senator Sinema and Joe Manchin for not caving in and changing the rules of the Senate. But politics being politics, they were all mute when a Republican switched to their side. I would suggest the Democrats bite their tongues. If they become too harsh, they might push her all the way and make her caucus with the Republicans. And that would deprive them of their clear majority and change the Senate organization rules in January. It would be amusing to watch them twist in the wind if that were to occur, and they would only have themselves to blame. What you should be getting out of all of this is the clear message that there's no room in the current Democratic Party for anyone that does not want to see 
but can completely toe the party line and push through the massive spending bills they desire. There's no room for anyone that thinks that border security should be enforced. There's no room for anyone that does not agree with the far-left woke politics that now Democrat the Democratic Party. And I hope any of you listening to this that consider yourselves Democrats but wonder if the party has left you behind with their strong moves to the left, would you consider changing your status? We've seen a shifting voting patterns in the nation because of this move to the left. Democrats used to be the party of the working class. That's no longer true. They're a party built around white liberal elites and minority voters. They are strongest in urban areas where those type of voters are concentrated. You hear them refer to middle America as flyover states and mock those that hold traditional and religious views. In closing, I will point out their sheer hypocrisy. In 2024, the Democrats are in real danger of losing the Senate. There are several Democratic senators that are highly vulnerable. If the Senate should flip, you will once again see Chuck Schumer and Dick Durbin on the talk shows telling us how important Rule 22, the filibuster rule, is to the operation of the Senate. They did this the last time they were in the Senate minority, and they will do it again. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.